Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm your host, Paul Vogelzang, and this is episode number 423. As part of our Smithsonian Associates Art of Living interview series, our guest today is Noah Gattel. Noah Gattel, a previous guest on the show and a fan favorite, is a film critic for the Washington City Paper. Noah Gattel also writes for publications including The Atlantic, The Guardian, Salon, and the L.A. Review of Books. Noah Gattel is a regular on-camera guest on BBC's Talking Movies program, and we are going to be talking movies today because Noah Gattel will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates program entitled How to Watch the Oscars, February 6, 2020. Please check our website for links, tickets, and other details from Smithsonian Associates. Long before... Academy Awards Night rolls around on February 9th. You, like me, and many in our Not Old Better Show audience have probably assembled your own slate of favorites in the Oscar race. Honestly, I love the movies, and I love Oscar Night. And there's nothing more enjoyable than comparing your picks, talking about the nominated films and performers, and, of course, those you felt really should have gotten a nod with other movie fans. Washington City paper film critic Noah Gattel is back with us this year and will be discussing and focusing on all things Oscar, from Academy Awards history and trivia to discussions of this year's nominations and behind-the-scenes stories. Noah Gattel sorts through all of the storylines, rumors, and gossip so that when the telecast begins, you'll be the most knowledgeable guest at your Oscar party. Join me for another great conversation with Noah Gattel. Please join me in welcoming back to the Not Old Better Show, film critic Noah Gattel. Noah Gattel, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me again, Paul. It's great to talk to you. I uh, will tell you, as I've said this before to you, I love movies, and so I love Oscars, and I really enjoy talking to you. It's great to have you back. The audience certainly loves our conversations, too. You're going to be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates again coming up. So tell us a little bit about that and what we're going to learn. So the talk this year is entitled How to Watch the Oscars. And my idea is that to really enjoy the Oscars, you need a good understanding of what it is. You have to understand uh, its origins. Why, why did the movie industry create the Oscars in the first place all those many years ago? You have to understand the way the Academy has changed over the years and why new categories that have been introduced, new numbers of nominees. And you have to catch up on all the storylines happening right now with this year's nominees. And I look, I think you can you can enjoy the Oscars with with a little bit of knowledge and just root for your favorites. But it can be a more rewarding experience if you have all of this knowledge at your fingertips. So I'm going to help to contextualize these 2020 Oscars and and hopefully make it more interesting to watch. It will be. Talking to you always makes it more interesting. So let's dive in and talk a little bit about a couple of these movies. One that's getting an awful lot of attention, of course, is Joker. And there's been some controversy around it. So I wonder if you'd tell us why that is and how you think that controversies might affect the uh, the it, its Oscar chances. Yeah, so Joker has received the most nominations of any movie this year, uh, with 11. And it's also the highest grossing of all the Best Picture nominees at the uh, global box office, having made over a billion dollars worldwide. Uh, a lot of people really, really love it. And they're treating it as sort of the first serious comic book movie. And I think that's a 
big reason why it's gotten so many nominations. The Academy has been looking to reward comic book movies for a while because the, the people love comic book movies. And this is an opportunity for them to, to really dig into one and highlight it. Um, but just as many people seem to hate Joker. And I think it has to do with what they see as an unapologetic portrayal of some really bad, pernicious attitudes. I think some people are saying that it glorifies those attitudes. Uh, I don't personally agree with that, but I understand the argument and, and people are very passionate about the kind of violence that it, that it depicts. So uh, I, I do think that hatred that exists from some portion of the, the voting uh, uh, members, I think it will stop it from winning best picture. Although Joaquin Phoenix is still an absolute lock in best actor. Everyone acknowledges he's very good in the film as the Joker and he's long overdue for an Academy win. Well, let's talk about some of these male nominees and there are some big names in the supporting category. Tom Hanks, Al Pacino, Brad Pitt. Is there considered a lock here among these men? Yeah. Well, first of all, one of the things that makes me so excited about these Oscars is this is definitely the most star studded group of nominees in recent memory. And it's just going to be fun to see all these guys uh, and, and, and women uh, at the Academy Awards in the same place. It's been a long time since we've had a star-studded group like this. And Best Supporting Actor is the most star-studded category. Everybody has won an Academy Award before except for Brad Pitt. And he is probably the lockiest lock that there is this year. Uh, he's been around for 30 years, making really good movies, never won an Oscar before. And everybody just likes Brad Pitt. He's been doing really well on the campaign trail, giving great speeches at all the, the precursor awards. And it's also starting to feel like this category is the only chance to honor Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was an early front runner for several big awards, but has sort of fallen off. It doesn't seem to have any momentum in the major categories. So despite all the star power that exists in this category and all the great performances, it would be a real shock if Pitt doesn't win for his own work and as a way to honor the movie. So just like Joker, uh, another movie that's been getting an awful lot of buzz is Little Women. And Greta Gerwig, I think that's how, is that is that good pronunciation, Gerwig? Yep, Gerwig. that's correct. She was not nominated for her directing. So what is up with that? Are we still in this kind of this phase where where Oscar is kind of no women <laughs> oriented? Yeah. Short answer, yes, but it's a little more complicated. Uh, here's how I think about it. There were nine movies nominated for Best Picture, and there can only be five for Best Director, which means four of those directors are going to be left out. And on the merits, I can see why Gerwig was not one of the five. As good as Little Women was, and I liked it a lot, I think it was a little bit more of an achievement of writing than directing. The way that she played with the timelines, I thought, was really the masterstroke of that film. Uh, but that's me. And she's certainly a very good director. She has been nominated before. And the other thing here is that she wasn't the only woman who could have been considered here. She's getting all the attention because Little Women got Best, got Best Picture nomination. But Marielle Heller, who directed A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the Mr. Rogers movie, could have been a contender here. Hustlers is another movie a lot of critics loved that was directed by a woman and it didn't receive any nominations. One of my favorite movies of the year was a Portrait of a, of a Lady on Fire, a French film that got no nominations either, directed by a woman. So any of them could be in the discussion. And, you know, whether their actual work deserves it or not, the bottom line is that until the Academy 
starts nominating women in this category regular, regularly, and I mean for a few years in a row, this issue is going to continue to be raised, and it should be raised because it's going to take some work to overcome this unconscious bias the Academy seems to have against uh, female directors. We are with Noah Gattel. Noah Gattel will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates coming up here Thursday, February 6th. Title of the program is How to Watch the Oscars. Noah Gattel, this is absolutely one of my favorite subjects to talk about. I do love movies. It's always great to talk to you again. We're talking again this year about Oscars and films. And I got to tell you, couple of movies that were favorites of mine, and I think with my audience too. One is 1917. The other is Ford versus Ferrari. And I wondered if you'd talk a little bit about those. Uh, either of them considered a favorite? If not, where do you think one of the other films might emerge? And uh, and then tell me, what, what about Ford versus Ferrari? What, what are its chances? Well, the good news for you and your audience is, is that 1917 is definitely one of the two favorites to win Best Picture at this point. And it's sort of a consensus pick. Some people love it, but more importantly, no one hates it. And the way that the Academy does their voting, and it's very complicated, they have something called a preferential ballot that I won't get into here. Movies that are well-liked, are, have a better chance of winning than movies that are divisive, which is one reason why 1917 mm. has a much better chance than, say, Joker. Uh, I also think that the film's kind of central uh, gimmick, the, the idea that it all appears to be in one shot and it all uh, is, is displayed in real time, this is the kind of thing the Academy really likes because it's filmmaking that draws attention to the craft of filmmaking. And it's a great sort of ambassador for the industry and for the form of cinema. And we have to remember that the Oscars are voted on by people in the industry. So they think about that sort of thing, either consciously or unconsciously. So because of all of that, I think 1917 is one of the two front runners. Ford versus Ferrari to me feels like it was probably the last one in the Best Picture nominations. If there had only been eight nominees, it might have been left out which is not to say it's not good. I liked it a lot. I think it's a really well-made film. But it is at heart a sports movie, and sports movies have a pretty tough time at the Oscars. I don't think a sports movie has won Best Picture since Chariots of Fire. That was you know, almost 40 years ago now. Uh, I do think you'll hear its name called a lot on Oscar night, though, because I, I do expect it to win Best Sound Editing, which is essentially sound effects, and possibly Best Editing Overall, which is a really major award and there's some little quirks to that category this year because 1917 is not nominated. Often there's a correlation between best editing and best picture, but that isn't nominated. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood wasn't nominated either. So that category is sort of up for grabs. It's a major category, and I think Ford versus Ferrari would have a shot at it. Just some great movies. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the quirky entries. So Jojo Rabbit comes to mind. Parasite comes to mind. Are either of those considered front winners to win? I'm not expecting too much out of Jojo Rabbit, although I would say Scarlett Johansson's performance uh, in her, her nomination as supporting actress, she's sort of a dark horse in that category. But Parasite, to me, is one of the best stories of these Academy Awards, and it seems likely to compete for Best Picture. Uh, it would be pretty unprecedented for a foreign film to win Best Picture, and in fact, a South Korean movie has never even been nominated for Best Foreign Film before, which Parasite seems very likely to win at this point. But Parasite is just a phenomenon. Everyone seems to love it. The cast and crew has been out on the campaign trail, making everyone smile with their enthusiasm. 
And it's just a real success story. And the thing to, to consider here also is that the Academy has been working to admit more international members in the last few years to try to reflect the globalization of cinema. And we've sort of seen some indications that they are having more of an influence on uh, the nominations the last few years, but this might be the year that they truly flex their muscles and give Best Picture to a non-American film. Any other categories that have piqued your interest this year? Well, to, to be honest, Best Director has me a little befuddled. When I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I thought, this is Quentin Tarantino's year. He's never won a Best Director Oscar, which is shocking because he's probably one of the best top 10 American directors of all time, certainly in the top 20. Uh, it's a warmer movie for him, easier to like than some of his darker stuff. And it's about the movie industry, which the Academy typically loves. I thought it was going to sweep. And yet it just doesn't seem to be happening for this movie, at least according to the precursors. And at this point, him winning Best Director is a long shot, although he, he still is the favorite for Best Original Screenplay. It seems like Sam Mendes, who did 1917 and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, would have better chances than him. But Mendes already has an Oscar for uh, American Beauty back in the year 2000. He's very talented, but giving Sam Mendes two Best Director Oscars before Tarantino has one, that's not going to sit well with me, but it is just the kind of silly thing the Academy does sometimes. So. I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around that category, but I'm very intrigued to see how it all shakes out on Oscar night. Well, Noah Gattel, we will be watching closely. We're looking forward to seeing you, too, coming up here February 6th. And the title of the program at Smithsonian Associates is How to Watch the Oscars. Noah Gattel has joined us today. He's a fan favorite, certainly of our audience, a film critic for the Washington City Paper, a regular on-camera guest at BBC's Talking Movies. Noah Gattel, thanks so much for joining us today and uh, being so generous with uh, how to watch the Oscars. My pleasure, Paul. And I just want to say, you know, I encourage everyone to come down on the 6th. I've done this a few times now, and we always have a really lively event, a robust Q&A that can last quite a while after the talk. It's just a good time, and I I hope everyone will join us. I hope so, too. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Noah. My pleasure. Thanks to Noah Cattell for joining me today, and thanks to the wonderful Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. The Not Old Better Show. Remember, talk about better. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.